Happy Friday, and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, a weekly, no-fluff, data-first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. This is Ariel from AppFakers, and I have five highlights for you today. But before we even jump into the highlights, I saw something that is very interesting. The mobile download index is green across both the App Store and on Google Play, which means that downloads have grown this week, a trend that I have not seen over the last few weeks, maybe even a few months. If you're curious about it, check out the mobile download index to see which categories are rising and which categories are not. I'll link to it in the show notes below. Now, let's start. So today, I'm going to start with an analysis of something that I saw. Zynga has announced that it will buy Chartboost. The game developer is buying the ad network for $250 million. There's nothing really surprising here, except for the price tag. See, Chartboost is extremely popular with game developers. When ranked by installs using our SDK intelligence, we can see that it's second only to Google among iOS games and ranks number five on Android. That, to me, merits a higher price tag considering its rival, AppLovin, which IPO'd last month. IPO'd at a $28 billion valuation. And another big name in the industry, IronSource, is about to IPO through a SPAC at about $11 billion valuation. So those are big, big numbers, and Chartboost is not a big number. Now, I'm not making fun of $250 million. That's a lot of money, obviously. And I'm sure some people will be very happy. But if we look at the discrepancy, uh, the question is why. But let's put this on hold for a second and talk about why does Zynga need to own an ad network. And I say need and not want or not would be nice to have because they really need to in order to stay relevant. And the reason for that is that the move to hyper-casual games. If you think about Zynga, you usually think about casual games. Back in the Farmville days on Facebook, and it wasn't really the first one to do casual games, but it was the one that made them very, very popular, and that lasted for a long, long time. But fast forward about 12 years, and the trend is going from casual to hyper-casual. If you've been reading between the lines and you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I don't love hyper-casual games. I think they're not exactly what the game should be about, but I used to run a game studio back in the day, so I don't know if my opinion here is the most popular opinion. And if you look at the numbers, it's definitely not the most popular opinion because players seem to love hyper-casual titles. Zynga, in keeping with the times, is trying to ride that wave. It's one of its latest hyper-casual titles called High Heels was actually the number two most downloaded game in April. And I'll link to that report in the show notes as well in case you want to see who else was ranked. Now, how is this relevant? Capturing attention, which means getting downloads at this point in time, is really a factor of how big your ad spend is. The game of user acquisition via paid ads was pretty even when studios fought for inventory with their own or slash investors' money. But then ad networks started rolling out their own games, and ad networks have kind of infinite ad budget if you think about it they own the network applovin and iron source have both been publishing a ton of games and have been pretty successful at getting them to the top it's been working wonderfully for supersonic studios which is the game studio of iron source and we can see that in two games that they made recently bridge race was the most downloaded game in April, and Join Clash 3D was the most downloaded game in March. I bet you that whatever happens in May will probably be another title coming from one of these two companies. So to keep up, Zynga really has to either start printing money or get into the ad business. One is easier, and I think that's why they chose it. But beyond that, I think more things are happening here that are making this decision a lot easier. And one is, it's a data play. In order to do what you need to do for hyper-casual titles, which is 
it's really a number game. You make a lot of games. They're not really, you don't have to invest a lot into them. You make them quick. You put them out there. You spend a lot of money on advertising. Some will stick, some will not. But in order to do that, it's really data oriented. And with app tracking transparency, it's becoming really hard to get data. And I think that having your own ad network gives you a lot of access to what's now going to be first party data. And that's going to be very useful. And then lastly, and this is the one that I, I like the least, it's because they can. Because of app tracking transparency, a lot of companies are now kind of cloudy and they're not sure what the future is going to be like. And I think that right now that is the case. It's very hard to see how this will evolve. Apple pretty much slapped everyone in the face in the, in the ad side of the App Store. But give it about a year and I'm sure things will become clear. We'll start to see real trends and technology will evolve beyond needing IDFAs just because it has to. But we've seen a bunch of companies actually jump ship because of ATT over the last few months and weeks. One of them is Facebook, which shut down its analytics platform, even though it's used by a ton of really, really, really popular games, and it kind of just happened. Another one is Adjust, an attribution solution, which also sold for a pretty low price point to AppLovin not too long ago. And they didn't cite ATT in either case, but it's obvious that that's what's causing it. So Zynga is really offering the parachute that Chartboost and its investors really want. They stand to gain about 10x return, and they get to dump all the risk of whatever Apple decides to do to ad companies. So I think that's one of the bigger mot motivations for them to sell. Now, is that fair? Um, I don't really know. I think it's hard to tell, and these business decisions ultimately have risk on one side and reward on the other. I'll let you decide if this was the right move for them. Next up is TikTok, or really Facebook, or both. We just published our monthly report on the most downloaded apps in the world, and TikTok's reign continues. Facebook and Google also continue their domination. In fact, if you look at the list, it's almost identical to the list from March. There's only one app that is different. But let's look at the top results. TikTok ended April with 52 million downloads. Instagram, number two, ended April with 46.5 million downloads, and WhatsApp, number three, with 46. So one TikTok, two Facebooks. It doesn't really help that Facebook, the flagship Facebook, also ended April at number four with 45.2 million downloads. So Facebook kind of owns this. But there's one trend when it comes to Facebook that we don't really see through these tables, and that's how many downloads they've been losing over the last year. So I ran the numbers, and in the last year, their downloads, their weekly downloads decreased from uh, just around 15 million, a little over 15 million, to just about 10, a little bit more than 10 million downloads, which is almost 30% in the course of, in the course of 12 months. I asked why on Twitter, and I got a bunch of different responses, most of which I can't really repeat here for obvious reasons. Um, but mostly there are people who believe that it's because Facebook got into politics too much. It's also because people believe that Facebook's already on every possible device in the universe. So, you know, there's just no more devices. People are not getting born fast enough to keep Google's growth rates. But I think ultimately it's a combination. If you think about it, the, what Facebook stands for is discussions at this point, and what TikTok stands for is consuming information. Sure, it's via video, but we know that video is now a lot easier to produce than it was years ago. And with attention spans actually shortening over time, it's very possible that what we're seeing is a shift away from the desire to have a conversation to the desire to just consume content. I would not be surprised if that's the case. And we know that TikTok is continuing to grow, and TikTok is not on every possible device in the universe. So TikTok has really all the growth here, and Facebook doesn't. 
Now, Facebook is all about selling ads and they need data. So they need more people to use them. And you say, oh, but Facebook has Instagram and WhatsApp to collect data. But with app tracking transparency, things are becoming a lot more difficult. And in the EU, the government is trying to stop Facebook from sharing all this data between their different different apps and different products. So who knows? I, I'm not entirely sure if that's going to be the solution. I do know one thing, and I do know that Mark Zuckerberg knows exactly how to grow strategically. He saw that with Instagram. He saw that again with WhatsApp. And now he's investing more in, v- in AR. So I think we'll see more from him. I don't know if AR is really the f- immediate future of ads because there's still a lot of growth and a lot of evolution that needs to happen in that space. But at the same time, I'm sure he'll find something else to acquire at some point and make it into the next big thing that will fill the top five most downloaded apps at some month in the future. So that's something to keep an eye out on, an expansion of Facebook beyond what Facebook really is. Uh, But enough with analysis. Let's get into insights. Did you hear about the gas pipeline hack from last week? If not, the gist is a major gas pipeline that's serving most of the East Coast here in the U.S. was hacked and its operational data was taken for ransom. While everyone was trying to get things going, and I really mean everyone because it's massive and I'm not sure if the hackers knew what they were doing, the price of gas in the states where the pipeline runs started going up and up and up and up. And in many cases, they ran out of gas. The gas stations ran out of gas very quickly because everyone decided it's time to buy gas. There was one app that came to the rescue, kind of, um, and it also jumped to the top of the app store, and its name is GasBuddy. GasBuddy is an app that crowdsources information about gas prices, so you can find the cheapest gas, and its downloads have gone through the roof. It became the number one app, and that immediately rose its downloads into the hundreds of thousands. It went from about 6,000 daily downloads in the beginning of the year to 204,000 downloads on Wednesday. And as of this morning, GasBuddy is still the number one app in the U.S. App Store and number two in Google Play, beating TikTok and Instagram. So the demand for gas is pretty high. Next up, we're going back to one of my favorite segments, and that's streaming apps. NBC's Peacock has had a very interesting few months. Downloads spiked in January after it added The Office to its roster, but have since really declined. Um, It's already got a broad catalog of content, but others like HBO Max have really hugged the spotlight with originals coming pretty much every few weeks. But while downloads haven't been going up and to the right as they would like for them to be, as NBC would like for it to be, something else has, and that's revenue. According to our app intelligence, Peacock's in-app revenue has hit an all-time high in April with net revenue of more than $3 million across the App Store and Google Play. And that's after Apple and Google took their cut, so it's money right in NBC's pocket. In 2021, revenue has been growing at an average rate of 41% month over month. That's pretty fast. Keep in mind, Peacock's $3 million net revenue is really no match for HBO Max's $30 million in April on net revenue, actually a little bit more, but it's considerably better than many other streamers that are making their move from cable. The great unbundling of cable TV, as I called it in previous episodes, might be a mess for our wallets, but it's generating a race for original content that should keep TV more exciting, at least until movie theaters are back in full force. And last for this week is Coinbase. I don't know if you remember, but a few weeks ago, I suggested Coinbase is going to stick around the top of the app store for a while, and that seems to be happening. The app has been in the top five this entire week. With crypto being mentioned pretty much everywhere these days, including this podcast, Coinbase saw the most daily downloads ever on Monday, this Monday, uh, and then proceeded to break that record on Tuesday with 275,000 downloads on Monday and 277,000 estimated downloads on Tuesday. 
A few things help this spike. First, the kingmaker himself. Elon Musk talked about crypto on SNL last week. He also changed the rules with how Tesla will accept cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin. And while both Dogecoin and Bitcoin dropped almost immediately when he talked about them, just hearing about crypto is easing more people into considering it to be something real. The other thing that's keeping Coinbase high is Dogecoin, the cryptocurrency you've heard a lot about recently, also for me. The thing is, Coinbase didn't really have it listed, so you can see its price, but you can't really trade it on Coinbase. And so I suspect many people downloaded it for specifically that, and, you know, they just couldn't get it, so it didn't really stick. But that's changing in the next few months. I see it as popularity of cryptocurrency plus access, which is Coinbase, equals stickiness. So I think it's going to stay up high for quite a while. And on that note, I'm going to say happy Friday. If you liked any of the insights in this episode and you want to see other insights for other apps that I didn't talk about, head on to appfigures.com slash intelligence where you can get them all for any app in the App Store for a pretty affordable rate. And if you like this episode, please consider subscribing if you haven't and tell your friends. We're available wherever podcasts are available these days.